Welcome to the Stone Church Podcast, a series of conversations inspired by Sunday messages we hope will spark your curiosity and encourage you in your faith journey. Hi, my name is Tomi Olajide, and I am joined again by our lead pastor, Godfrey Adley, and worship leader, Adese, as we continue to discuss the heart of stone. Our last episode was an introduction into why we talk about our mission and vision. And now in this episode, we're going to get into the what. But before we do, I want to say welcome back, Pastor G and Adese. How are you both doing today? Yeah, doing all right. Looking, looking forward to uh, today's episode. Yeah, I'm doing great too. I'm excited to be here. Good. Happy to have you both again. The Heart of Stone's first statement is, love God which you expanded to love God wholeheartedly. And in your message, you shared a great story from when you were a kid as a lead into this topic. Pastor G, I thought you might like to share the story again. And uh, I think it needs to have a listener warning or a disclaimer, something like, uh, (laughs) don't try this at home, folks. Yeah, it's definitely true. And for those of our listeners, I I hope everybody can envision in their mind a penny, right? Because some, we don't use pennies anymore, at least up here in in, Canada. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, you're not that young. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know how we we got on this topic, but I was with a group of uh, my peers and I decided that I was going to convince them um, that I could swallow a penny. And, uh, okay. and so I'm talking about it. I, I'm really insisting. I'm telling them all the factual ways how our, our body can manage doing these things. And, and so I get to a point, and one of my peers just looks at me and says, prove it. Like, you can only talk about something incredible for yeah. so long without uh, getting that. And so, gulp, I did it. And they were astounded by it. They were like, I can't believe you did that, Godfrey. That's crazy. Now, I, I don't know why they were so impressed by the feat. Maybe it was, you know, they were shocked to see somebody sort of follow their convictions or, or maybe they couldn't imagine themselves being able to do that. But um, it, it definitely raised my uh, playground cred that day, <laughs> uh, being able to uh, swallow a penny. But as my brother would uh, testify to, it didn't work out so well to one of our friends that was dared to eat a worm and actually did it. It just like, no, he, he went the other way. He just <laughs> lost all credibility and, and people shunned him for weeks. It's, uh, it's hard on the playground. Kids can be cruel. <laughs> Worm, no. Penny, yes. <laughs> well, other than being a great and kind of gross childhood story, you shared it to emphasize a really good point. Yeah, it's this idea that, that we never like to be put into a corner where we need to prove something. Um, But there are areas in our life where talk doesn't cut it. Mm. And and there's times that we need to step up and we need to prove that what we say is really true. And one key area in our lives where we need to do that is our love for God. And um, I I believe that many that are listening uh, today would say that they love God. But the scriptures encourage us to prove it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess the obvious question is how? How do we prove our love for God in a way that shows we're serious? A person can certainly sound very religious, but on close examination have a life that doesn't actually match up to what they're saying. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I, um, 
I'm thinking about it, and I'm, I'm even wondering, like, sometimes I think I don't even want to have to live a life where I have to be backed into a corner to think, for people to say, prove it. You know, I, I would love to just be able to live a life where Christ and all that he is and all that, um, he wants me to be flow straight out of me, mm. right? So starting my day, I like to pray. There's a scripture, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it um, in time, but I'm going to paraphrase here. But it basically goes something like this. You know, let your light so forth shine through me so that all may see the glory of God. And um, I always like to think about that. And I got this is the life that I want to live. I don't want to have to live a life where I have to be put into a corner and said, okay, now prove you're, you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I want your spirit and all that you are to flow out of me. And I truly, truly believe that, you know, when you love God so wholeheartedly, like that is the life that you will live. Like you won't even need to be in a place where you'd have to prove it. Even like the most Christian of Christians, I have to believe they have their moments of weakness, both in public of and course, in private, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think loving God wholeheartedly comes from how you move from that. Just taking those moments and saying, God, this is my moment of weakness, and I surrender that to you. Mm-hmm. And that's just being a way to like, just I give you everything. I give you all that I am, all that I've got. Like my weaknesses and my strengths, and it, my strength comes from you. I am not perfect, but you are, and I just want to tap into that. That's how I think about it. Yeah, no, that's that's really good to um, to reflect on those things. And again, we we do hope that that our life reflects mm-hmm. uh, our beliefs to the point that we don't need to be uh, confronted or asked. But I, I want to share a scripture um, where this sort of idea of loving God comes from. Mm-hmm. It's found in Matthew chapter twenty-two, and the scene is this: it's about three days before Jesus would be crucified. And the religious leaders have, have been in this constant sort of dialogue with Jesus. They want to disprove. They, they don't like his popularity. They don't like how people are following and listening to him. And so they, they're really in panic mode now because they have been shut down by Jesus time and time again. And so there's lots of people in the city. Uh, it's the Passover. It's a large festival. And so they come to him one more time. And they say, hey, if we, with everybody in the city, can disprove you know, what he's saying or catch him in some way, um, we, it, it can be to our benefit. And so this is what's uh, recorded in Matthew 22, uh, starting at verse 34. It says, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, so these are two sort of political groups, they thought a little bit different, but religious leaders, both of them, um, they came together. And one of them, an expert of the law, asked a question to test him, teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? And he said to him, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. And these are part of the Ten Commandments, correct? Yes, it's a, it's a summary of the, uh, of the Ten Commandments. But, but Jewish life, there were so many different commands. There were lots and lots of, of laws and rules and practices that they tried to follow because they be- believed that this would um, help them have fellowship with God and the community. And, and most of their life was consumed with carefully hearing and interpreting and trying to follow all these statutes. There's hundreds of them. And how could somebody possibly distill these down to one greatest commandment? See, this was a part of 
the, the setup. They, they were trying to uh, catch Jesus and his words at this moment. Yeah, and even like taking time to think about the Ten Commandments one by one, like thou shalt not murder and thou mm. shalt not covet. Like those are things that those are literally actions that we show that we love people. I'm not going to take what's yours. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to those, those are, you know, mm. and those are things that flow out of us because we love God. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that Jesus was able to sum it up into just love God, love people. These are the greatest. Mm-hmm. But when this teacher of the law was questioning Jesus, he was, as you said, trying to trip Jesus up. He wasn't actually interested in gaining understanding. Is that right? Yeah. You, you see this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. On social media, people just throw out a question, yeah. right? Because it doesn't matter what you say in response. They just really want to share their uh-huh. opinion or pounce on <laughs> you or different things <laughs> like that, right? So he, he's not really trying to, to, to get an answer here. He's, he's waiting for him to say one thing and then they were probably would have been the follow-up. Oh, well, let's emphasize this. Well, why didn't you say thou shall not murder? I think that's, you know, the most important or, or don't bear false witness or adultery. And, and it doesn't matter. It, it almost, whatever he would say, it, it, they would have tried to catch him. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus gives an answer that gives us actually a framework to the father's heart. Uh, one that we refine, right? We refine it here at Stone Church to love God and, and love people. But it's a great framework, I think, to, to begin any conversation about what our mission in life should be about. Mm-hmm. Love God, love people, the first two elements of the heart of stone, which leads us to the question, how are we to love God? Well, there, there's a great quote in the uh, Life Application New Testament commentary, which says, Uh, that the bottom line of the greatest command to love God is that we are to love God with everything in us, heart, soul, and mind. And so in my mind, that boils down to love God wholeheartedly. Uh, And we shouldn't compartmentalize our our lives into sections uh, with, with our God sections of our life being being separated from the others but rather give him control of every aspect of our life our 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 work our play our family our money our dreams our ambitions whatever it is that's important to us we should entrust him with it and and that level of love is active and it involves our participation and, and while there is an emotional aspect to love, it entails a whole lot more than just emotions. It, it's not just how we feel, but how we act. Mm. That's really great. It actually reminds me of, of something I heard a while ago. There's this Christian comedian, his name is Michael Jr. I'm okay. not sure if you guys have heard about him. But mm-hmm. so just what you were just saying, Pastor Godfrey, just kind of reminded me of something that he, he said. And I'm going to try and, and tell it, but you should listen to him say because it's really good. He says, everyone's got a room in their house that they call the good room. It's usually the room that's put together. It's very clean or Mm -hmm. everyone's got (laughs) ones. For some people, it's really special. For some people, it's just, you know, they've all got, we've all got a room. And so he says, think of yourself right now as a house. Everyone's a house. I'm a house. You're a house. And he says, uh, Jesus is, is outside that house and he's knocking. And the thing about Christ is he's a gentleman. Right. Like, though he stands at the door and knocks, we still have to let him in. Right. Because he's not just going to come in and be like, I'm Jesus. Come in. Um, but he will stand at the door. And he, so he's knocking at everyone's door and he's saying, hey, let me in. Let me in. Um, but sometimes there are some Christians who don't really let people let Jesus in because they feel like their house is too messy right, okay. or they feel mm-hmm. like we've got people over that 
Jesus won't really approve of, mm-hmm. and we just want to, um, I just want to keep Jesus. So we keep him on the front porch where it's nice and comfortable. We want him in the premises, but we don't want him in the house, right? So wow. we keep him on the front porch, and we say, here's a, here's a chair. You can have that, and maybe a drink of water. And then ever so often, we open the door, and, like, these are for people who just, like, call to Jesus when they need something. So yeah. we open the door, like, hey, Jesus, I need a job. And Jesus is like, I got you. And then he gets you a job. <laughs> or, you know, hey, Jesus, I need this. And so we open the door, we yeah. pick our head out. Mm-hmm. There's some people like that. And then he says there are other people who um, they let Jesus in, Mm -hmm. but they only let him into the good room. And the good room for most people is typically like the living room because that's the space where guests come into. So it's nice and clean. Mm -hmm. And it's usually the room at the front of the house with a big window. So everybody else can see, and then it looks like you've got your life together. Yeah. And he says, like, those are people who, you know, we've got the Bible app, and we go to church on Sunday and yeah. whatever. But, like, upstairs where it matters is nice, is messy, and we don't let Jesus up there. Jesus, you're only allowed where it's clean, where it's good, where it's comfortable, where everybody can see that you're kind of in my life, mm-hmm. right? Meanwhile, what Jesus wants is he wants to be in every space. Mm-hmm. He wants to be in those messy places that you don't even want him to be in. Because if you let him in, He's got a whole host of angels who are ready to clean up. He's got a contractor called the Holy Spirit who will, who will come in and help you clean up those spaces. Mm-hmm. And he's not just going to clean it up and be like, here, I'm yeah. taking it over. But he'll work with you yeah, to, renovate, clean, yeah, renovate to clean the, the spaces, space. turn them into what you need them to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what you were just saying about giving Jesus or giving God sections of our life just reminded me of that story. Because I think it's just such a relatable story. I think a lot of moments there's sometimes where we let Jesus upstairs and then we're like, you know, I think it's time for you to go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, no, let me be up here. Let me be where, you know, where you really, this is where mm. you really need me to be. I love that. I absolutely love that. You said the comedian's name is? Uh, Michael, Michael Jr. Jr. I'm going to look that yeah, up. Yeah, he's on YouTube. You can find him. Uh-huh. Great. But th- that's honestly an awesome example because even in terms of how we love, how we show love, like you said about keeping Jesus on the porch. Mm-hmm. I make keep the uh, FedEx <laughs> delivery guy on the porch or, you know, right. uh, my uh, Uber Eats guy or whatever, because yeah, don't I, remember, I appreciate him, but I don't love him like that to come mm-hmm. into my house. <laughs> but I might have, you know, my mom into my messy room or whatever, because the love is different. So mm-hmm. I really like that example because it also shows about the yeah. amount of love or That's uh, right. the levels of love that we have. You let people, people, like the people that you care about so much and you know they know you very well and they're not going to judge you. Those are the people you let upstairs mm. into the messy parts. And mm-hmm. Jesus is, he should be one of the, he should be the first one in line because mm-hmm. he's not here to judge you. He's here to love you, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we're saying, right? God wants us to love him. That's yeah. the first point. And, you know, there are even examples throughout scripture of the need for us to love God wholeheartedly. Yeah, so there are examples of that uh, in in scripture where we need to, sort of make our love apparent. And, mm-hmm. and what are, one of the ways that we do that is, is by following what the Lord tells us to do. 1 John 5, 3 says, for this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. And as we, as we walk along, as we discover that, that process, we, we discover his commands aren't a burden because we, uh, we follow them out of a love for him. And this is not just a, an emotional love, though I hope that we do love God with our emotions, but, but this is one that where we've set out to make changes in our lives or make decisions in our lives uh, based on the fact that we're in a, this loving relationship with God. And um, emotions are simply not enough. Look at John 14, 
uh, verse 23. It says, Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. And so here Jesus is making a connection uh, between his words and the words of the Father. In other words, if you're obeying Jesus, you're obeying the Father. Before we go any further, I want to highlight a critical point you made in your message about us not thinking that we are earning God's love when we are to love God wholeheartedly. Definitely. That is such an important uh, distinction to be mindful of because I think there's a lot of people to go through life trying to be good enough so that God will accept them. Mm. But it's very clear, the scripture is clear, is that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's, mm. he embraces us. And that when we um, are in a relationship with him, that the good things that we do are result of the relationship. They're not to be accepted into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not uh, earning enough points or... Uh... We could never do that. We, exactly. we would never earn enough points. And yet we have to be deliberate in, in, um, in making changes in our life where, where the Lord makes it clear that we're, we're living contrary to the way that he would want us to live. Mm-hmm. Well, as you touched on with the Jewish laws and practices... It could be a historical habit or even just the uh, human thinking of this is too good to be true, uh, which defaults to people doing things in order to try to earn God's love. But, you know, as you, as you said, as we know, he already loves us. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing that um, that God was actually the one that that, again, demonstrated his love first for us. And when we had nothing to offer, we had nothing good in our lives, mm. um, he uh, gave of him himself. And so it, it can seem to be good to be true. And, and that happens yeah. sometimes. That, that, <laughs> that happens sometimes in relationships, right? You, mm. You're like, hey, I really like this person. They really like me too. Well, why do they like me that, the way that they do? <laughs> yeah, it's very you know, human. Do I, yeah, so you, you, it's, it, I think it's natural to sort of question, uh, but it's still important in response, that we accept what he has done for us and that we show our love to God by obeying him. Mm. Okay, so this is where it gets really interesting or challenging because it seems pretty basic, but you ask a really intriguing question. Why are there people who call themselves Christians but don't obey him? Why is it that there are lots of people who feel that it's okay to say that they love God and still live for themselves instead of living for him. Yeah, there, there's a lot that we could talk <laughs> about in this, but I, I think that there are some people that simply don't uh, realize the benefits of obedience. Uh, a lot of times when we think of obedience, we think of restrictions, and especially in the season that we're living in now, mm-hmm. right? Anything that's restrictions, <laughs> right, is, is to be, yeah, that's right, it's to be pushed off, but... But there are some real benefits to God's command. Uh, his commands are there for our protection. And, and uh, uh, let, me, let me give you this example. I have rules in, in my house, okay? And, and there's some rules like eat your food before devices go on in the morning. You know, don't turn your computer or your, your tablet on. You know, eat food first. Get your homework done. No slamming doors and... Uh, 
and don't tell me what's going to happen in a video or a movie <laughs> ahead important. of time. Like, just like, <laughs> let me watch it. And um, actually, there, there was one that we had no throwing cards, like playing cards in the living room. That's a, a long story. Okay. But and, and you can cheer for any um, any baseball team as long as it's the Toronto Blue Jays. So that <laughs> thanks. But but there are some rules that are there just to sort of make life simpler for and, and easier for my wife, Tanya, and I. And then there are other ones that are there for the health and protection of our kids, like no leaving the house without permission or always wear your seatbelt in a vehicle. Uh, don't use your real name in online games. Um, say no to drugs and no setting people or things on fire. <laughs> and uh, and again, importantly, you can and and you can cheer for any basketball team you would like as long as it's the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> so anyway, my point is is this: is that there are rules in our house because we have a love for our kids and we don't want them to be hurt. And I, I think in most households. Uh, parents are the same, that we have a, uh, you know, we try to be helpful and, and reasonable in our rules. If we think back to it, the times as we were young people when we got hurt uh, were sometimes when we went against those rules that were a part of our household. And our Heavenly Father has laid down commands for us in the Scripture. And I know that as I followed the Scripture that I've been spared heartache and uh, headaches. Uh, and whenever I ignore God's commands, I end up with both. That's really good. I think that we have these commands that God has given to us. It's not actually because he wants to restrict us, but it's actually because he knows us. And <laughs> as humans, let's admit, we're, we can be pretty lawless. Like if, if we weren't given rules, we would literally do whatever we right. want, because that's just kind of who we are. And there's just, there's always this, this, this tug of war, this push and pull between our flesh and the spirit. And that's really the, the, the only and the biggest sacrifice God, you know, asks us to make is give yourself to me wholeheartedly because I got you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really it. But sometimes we forget that God does have us. And, and so we, we let the, the flesh take over in some moments and then we remember, oh, there's Christ. And then we let Christ take over and there's just this constant like back and forth. And mm -hmm. I think that that's where a lot of people who don't follow his commands wholeheartedly, that's where they fall into is forgetting that wholeheartedly does mean giving all that you are, surrendering mm -hmm. all that you are to Christ because he knows us, not because he's trying to punish us or he's trying to restrict us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, to, I mean, to touch upon what you uh, just said, I think it's um, important to recognize that it's not just, you know, obey or don't obey. Um, I mean, it is, but not just but the fact that we also sometimes like to filter our level of obedience, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> level yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> a bit, you know, it's, it a seems little comfortable. bit, bit yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is so true. Um, absolutely, some of us obey as long as it doesn't require any big changes mm -hmm. in yeah. in our lifestyle or in our mindsets, <laughs> right? And and what it comes down to is sometimes we're more invested in ourselves than we are to obedience to God. And, and his heart. Here, here's something I'd, I'd like us all to think about. When was the last time that obedience felt painful to you? <laughs> right? When was it? And if you, and if you, say, if you say never, <laughs> then, then you, you might not be considering everything that God's saying to us, because I think there's always something yeah. that he's asking us to make a shift on. Right. Mm -hmm. There's something significant in our lives. So I, I feel like 
we, we need to get used to or look for that uncomfortable obedience that, that God is, is calling us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like for me, every obedience feels painful when it comes to Christ. There you go, a day like saying, a... Jesus is working in your life, <laughs> and there is immediate feedback I that you're getting. That that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. It, it, that's how it should be. And I'm not going to get into it, but I even feel like even right now, there's a, there's a particular phase of my life that I'm battling with God, and mm. it feels like it's, it's a painful moment of obedience, I will say. And, you know, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> For me, it's any time where I feel like never I want to say to God, why? <laughs> like, okay, you don't want, you know, this to happen. You don't want me to do this. And I'm like, okay, but could you just give me a reason or like, you know, background information just so I can fully understand why. But honestly, it's probably because I'm trying to buy time and or like <laughs> think maybe God will change his mind. <laughs> or like if you're like, um, I'll do it, God, as long as. Like, you know, there's always, like, a condition to it. Like, uh, yeah, I'll leave my job as long as you drop money in my lap. But whatever, I don't know. Let's come to a compromise. Yeah, let's, how about we? (laughs) Well, there's one more obedience killer you mentioned, and it's something people love to point out in the church. Unsurprisingly, it's uh, hypocrisy. And And it's funny because usually people who are pointing that out make that as one of their primary reasons not to obey themselves or or maybe they don't need to, you know, we don't need to follow every single thing. Uh, but, you know, this, this word hypocrisy, let's, let's look at what this word really means. Um, it comes from a Greek word, and it refers to actors playing a role. And I think that all of us have elements of hypocrisy in, in our lives, that, that we rarely do or live 100% of our convictions. But, but here's the question. Are we doing our best? Are, are we going after being consistent in what we say and, and what we do? Do we uh, want to change? Or are we fine with just keeping up appearances? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's like that old adage, if you talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. Yeah, it's, it's true. Like how many of us know uh, believers that are outspoken, sometimes too outspoken, <laughs> and, but we know right? Mm. We, we know what they, what they did. We know that they cheated someone or they lied to somebody or they were abusive <laughs> to somebody. I was going to say a movie title that may not have been appropriate, but, but yeah, like there's, there's people that are, are, are like that. And, and this is dangerous, not only, um, not only for their own lives, but it actually uh, creates uh, sort of this environment where people think that, yeah, I don't have to be too Christian, right? I don't have to yield all these areas yeah. of, of my life. And, and the truth is that, that we all need grace. And, and grace isn't a license to sin. But the reality is anybody can talk a good talk. They seem to be fine when God's doing exactly what they want for him to do. But as soon as they experience disappointment, as soon as they don't get what they want, they, they just dump them. They just, they just dump them. But real love, whether it is love for God or love for people, doesn't say, what can you do for me? It says, what can I do for you? And that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something that we need help with. We, we can't muster this on ourselves, but, but God can help us. God can bring us to a point where our obedience to the Father is done out of love for him. And as that grows, it becomes easier and then ultimately, it's a joy. Uh, perhaps then 
our family and our friends will see that happening in our lives, the benefits of, of obeying God. And uh, when it is inconvenient, when it's hard to do, and perhaps they'll consider obeying him. Thank you. And I think especially with that last part you just said, you know, when it's inconvenient and hard to do, that would be a great place uh, for you to pray for us, if that's okay. (laughs) I think it would be great if you could pray for us today, whether we're dealing with obedience or hypocrisy. You know, we may have people listening who are really searching for God for the first time in their lives. And to know that we can love God wholeheartedly is completely new to them. Yeah, let's, let's definitely pray together. And I want to give an opportunity to anybody who, who might be listening and wants to enter into a relationship with God. They may not have yet had an opportunity uh, to do that. And, and so I want to lead us in a prayer that will allow them to, to, to do that. So if that's you, I invite you to pray after me or, or you can pray silently. It's really the posture of your heart that, that matters. And, um, and then I'll pray just in general for, uh, for all of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to receive you today. I believe that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. I admit I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I'm inviting you to be mine right now. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Live in me as my leader from now on, I love you wholeheartedly. Amen. And now Amen. let me just pray a, a general prayer for all of us. Lord, we thank you uh, that you are at work in our lives. And whether we just received you just a moment ago or whether we've known you for years, we are always needing your help to love you wholeheartedly. And so, Lord, help us to surrender those areas of our life that we have keep, uh, kept hidden from others and, and tried to keep hidden from you. Lord, help us to be fully obedient to you. And, Lord, may you help this not be a burden in our lives, but actually a joyful thing that helps us walk down the path that you've called us to without the, all of the burdens that we are carrying. And so, Lord, I thank you, Lord. Uh, that you do continually work in our lives and then invite you to continue to help us to love you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor G. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to help you in your faith journey. If you go to connect.mystone.ca, someone will contact you and help you as you grow in faith. And if you'd like to find out uh, more about the groups at Stone Church, uh, visit groups.mystone.ca. I want to say a special thank you to Adaisy for joining us and to Pastor G. I'm really looking forward to the next episode in the Heart of Stone series, Love People. Thanks for listening to the Stone Church Podcast. For more information, visit us online at stonechurch.ca.